Estente. Donde Lotel Bolivia. Hola. 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 What is happening, guys? My name is Chris. And I'm Paul. And welcome to another weekly episode of That Tattoo Show. If you've been watching this for a while, you know that this is That Tattoo Show. But if you're a new viewer... This is That Tattoo Show. It's a weekly podcast we put out every Sunday on all streaming platforms and on YouTube. So, yeah, this is us. What's happening? And uh, what are we talking about this well, week, Well, before Paul? we do that, uh, I think it's only fair to uh, to say that your view is one of a million views that the channel's now had. Thanks for your view. You'll be like 1,500,000 and something by yeah. now. So, I still cannot uh, that believe went... that we had a million views. Uh, mate, that, that's... Uh, mind-boggling, you know what I mean? We were so excited, we went out and got fancy branded microphone covers. And then Paul <laughs> changed the branding. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, ta- I changed the logo back to the OG logo. But never mind, I'll get some I'll get someone with the OG logo on them and then we'll give these away in a competition to somebody and you can wear them as earplugs when you're watching us. Exactly. You can't hear us talking shit. Exactly. And one thing, <laughs> one thing I also want to say, if you've been following us on our social media, you'll notice we've been posting some very nice photographs recently. Um, one of my good friends, Yulen, he is a... I call him the Indiana Jones of photography, right? And uh, <laughs> Paul never understood why, but the reason why he's the Indiana, Indiana Jones of photography is... Is by day he is a professor. He is like a full-on PhD. He's a professor of economics, and by night he is a rock photographer that travels the world. He's photographed like so many bands, like a lot of Japanese bands. He's photographed like the Foo Fighters as well, Linkin Park. He's photographed loads. And speaking of Linkin Park, I've mentioned it to Paul. Um, about my idea because obviously he's photographed them and I've got access to unpublished photos of Chester Bennington so like anybody I've got an idea to do a completely unique portrait style I know just a title Chester Bennington based off an unpublished photograph so you know when people just like get pictures off Google this is going to be like truly unique because it's never been published like so I can't wait to do yeah, that. Yeah, it'd be nice, that will. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Maybe we could, like, do yeah, a collaboration or something. Why not? If you want something, hit us up. Drop it in the comments down below. We'll see if we can work something out for you. Yeah, you know, okay. His studio's not that far from mine. In case you're joining us recently, one of the many people that's joining us two years into this uh, fucking adventure that we appear to be on, um, me and Chris are actually not in the same building. We're, um, we're about 200 miles apart, you know. So in, uh, he's in Wales and I'm in England. It's actually... Not as far as you might think. Is it not? That's about 88 miles. Is that all it... God, it feels like 200 miles when you drive it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm used to that now. Like, it, it, I, I mean, it's quicker to get from Merthyr to your place than obviously Bridgend because um, of the new bypass road than I like. But yeah, it's 88 miles. So it's still far, but, you know, with the wonders of technology, we were able to chat over the airwaves using various applications. Like, as you can see, I am fucking forgot my uh, my my AirPods. So I'm, I'm, I'm back in the, the 90s with wired headphones. And for, for young people that have never used wired headphones, this is what they are. You plug them into your device and they're not Wi-Fi. It's not, look like, it's not a hearing aid. <laughs> it's not a hearing aid. It is a speaking and hearing aid. I thought this was an interesting comment that, would, that we could have a little chat about. So I found you guys a few... This is from Senior Cable Guy. found you guys a few days ago and I've had you guys on autoplay whilst working the night shift and absolutely love listening to you. Thank you. I wanted to booger or buggy your brains 
We all know the old bucket list that people have. Well, learning to tattoo is on mine. I have zero experience when it comes to tattoos or tattooing, but tattoos are a form of therapy for me. Now, I absolutely suck at drawing and don't have an artistic bone in my body. I used to do graffiti-style letters when I got bored. Uh, can colour like a madman. I've talked to a couple of artists that I've been tattooed by. They both said they don't teach anymore, but told me to figure it out on a traditional machine. And being the sole moneymaker in my family doing an apprenticeship, not want, brackets, not wanting to make tattooing my career, just doesn't make sense. I would love to do a few on myself just, be, just to be able to say I've done it, but would love to hear what you guys have to say on that and obviously starting out on fake skins would be the route I went. So this is somebody who wants to learn to tattoo purely for shits and giggles, right? They, they don't want to turn it into a career. They don't want to, you know, do any of do any of that. Just want to do a few tattoos at home on their own, right? Um, what do you, what's your thoughts? Instantly, right, and I see this with all the respect in the world, is my this 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 job, this career that I've dedicated my life to isn't a fucking joke and it isn't something that you can just try. That's like me saying like, oh, well, you know, I've had a few fillings and I was thinking of uh, trying out dentistry just on myself, maybe, you know, give myself a crown just for a laugh. It's just something you don't do. You can't just, you know, not only are you you've got to learn a lot about like infection and control and how to be, you know, clean because we're not a sterile practice. Um, it's just not something, you, there's too many things that can go wrong. You can cause problems with people. And I think if you're not artistically, um, attuned, let's say you've, you, you've got no artistic skills or anything like that. And you just want to do it for a laugh. I don't know, maybe go to a tattoo convention where that guy's got the bananas and you can try tattooing a banana, but you know, do it supervised. And yeah, you know, I don't know. I just think like I seen that comment and I, I just, part of me was like, I, I get what he's saying. You know, that's like me saying like, I want to have a go riding the motorbike cause I've never ridden a motorbike before, but you know, with tattooing, you can cause damage and permanent harm to people. So I, I, I think <clears throat> the idea for just trying it out for a laugh is just, I don't know, it, it just makes a mockery of our yeah. industry, maybe. <clears throat> I hadn't really I hadn't really thought of it from that angle, but now you mention it, I do, yeah, I do agree with you about that because we, you know, we spend years of our lives, you know, trying to learn this job properly. But there's another part of me that um, that thinks if if you would wanted to experience tattooing, by all means, you can go to a, a convention where quite often there's a guy that has bananas or people have fake skin, and you can you know you can do a little bit you know sort of supervise. It's a bit like you know I think the the best analogy is going I want to try um, parachuting. Um, and you, if you go and do that, you can go and pay your money, right? But you don't get to just jump out of a fucking plane from 30,000 feet. You're strapped to yeah, somebody exactly. who, like, you don't actually operate the parachute and all that sort of stuff because it's dangerous and you can die. Now, you can infect yourself if you're not clean, right? So it is that is possible. Yeah. But not even that, right? Sorry sorry to interrupt you, but there, but not, not, not only that, right? If you, if you don't know the right equipment to buy and you just buy stuff off Amazon or eBay or something, you could be buying counterfeit tattooing that's got a lot of bad shit in it. And then you'll be putting oh, that into I've yourself. I've seen things where they've, re that, like, I've seen uh, things, studies where they've checked that uh, counterfeit 
ink that turns up. I think the bit that I saw, it was a load of counterfeit Intense ink that looked exactly like Intense ink. And uh, and it had, like, rat piss in it or something. And, like, you can, there's some fucking dodgy shit out there that you want to be careful of. Um, I don't think any reputable supplier in the tattoo industry is going to sell to you because, you know, you have to give health authority registration and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But there's another part of me that says, or that thinks, say you were to buy some Talons drawing ink or some Pelican drawing ink from an art supply shop and a hundred pound uh, tattoo machine and some fake skin and not to use that. Like I've said before on the show, use that setup literally just to practice on fake skin and don't use it on yourself because that's where you, the moment you start breaking the skin on anybody, that's when you start having to get into all this other stuff. If you were literally just Getting yeah. a bit of practice skin, <clears throat> a bit of drawing ink, and mucking about with a tattoo machine in your house, just have, having a crack at it, but not tattooing another living creature at all. I personally don't think you're doing anybody any harm at all. I, I don't think you're necessarily making a but mockery I, I, of the industry because you're not trying to say that, you know, oh, I've, I've just been doing it from home and all that sort of stuff. And, I, and it's a bit like buying an engraving pen and just having to go at engraving and fucking up a load of en- engraving and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, like, I, I un- yeah, but I, under- yeah, I understand that, that side of it, but at the same time, it's not something that you can just fucking have a go at. And also, you need to make sure that you check your laws in your local area because because of things like that, and, and especially with, like, TikTok and a load of, you know, people starting to tap from their house and advertising on TikTok and things like that, and governments are starting to clamp down. And, like, for example, I keep going about the regulations that are coming into force in Wales. If you are unlicensed and you have tattoo equipment in your house, even if it's fa- practice skin and a tattoo machine, you can get prosecuted because you have to be a licensed practitioner to do that shit, even if it's practicing. They're even going to have apprentice licenses in Wales. So you'll have a license for apprentices and a license for, you know, uh, what what they call yeah, senior I mean, I think artists. That, um <laughs> senior artist I think that you know as much as I'd like to encourage you because I, I, there's a part of me that wants to encourage everybody to be creative and I believe wholeheartedly that creativity shouldn't have barriers to entry um, you know like I'd never tell anybody not to pick up a guitar or a you know I was going to say a banjo but I would probably deter people from picking up banjos because do you know the difference between an onion and a banjo no one cries when he cuts up a banjo <laughs> So I always think art should be something that everybody should be able to do. But I think in yeah, this no, instance, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, unfortunately, that, like, I don't think you'd be, like, you'd have to check the laws where you are, but I don't think you'd be hurting anybody working on practice skin. But if you th- were then going to go, well, I'm going to take that ring and then I'm just going to do a couple of tattoos on myself, you potentially, you, you know, you could be giving yourself all kinds of infections and you don't want to be doing that. You, because it's not a career that you that you want to take up, then you're not going to want to go to all the trouble of the infection prevention and control courses and the bloodborne pathogens courses and knowing all yeah. of that. So it's I just think there's a barrier to that, you know, to to, to kind of doing this job. Um, maybe what you could do as a, a kind of compromise is I know there are companies out there that sell cartridges with ballpoint <gasps> pens in the them. You could pens. get a cheap tattoo yeah. machine put a ballpoint pen cartridge in it and then you could get the feel of a tattoo machine with a yeah. regular ballpoint pen and you could you 
you could mock about on paper then and stuff like that. And that would give you the idea of what tattooing's like. But I think if you want to do an actual tattoo just to say you've done it, you're going to have to put in about three or four years' work just to get to that point. And it's probably not worth it for something that's a bucket listing. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and do you know what, right? Even, like, if you can't draw, like, how, like if you can't draw, how are you going to make yeah. the stencil? You're going to put this... You, know you, you won't be able to make the stencil. I've just had a then thought. Sorry, man. I've just had a thought. Do you know what would be a better you. option? Because I've done this with a couple of clients, right? Um, book yourself in to get a tattoo with a tattooist that you know well and ask them if it'd be all right at some point during the tattoo if you just have a little go on your own leg because then you know you're working in a safe environment. The tattooist will make sure you're safe. He'll make sure your hands are clean. He'll make sure you're gloved up and he'll give you an area to just go, right, just colour that bit in. You know, anything you fuck up is your problem and then that would give you the experience but it would give you an experience of doing tattoos under supervision in a clean, safe way. And you would be, you know, doing an actual tattoo that you could show people that you did a bit of. And I think that, you know, I've done that with clients I've been tattooing for years. They're like, can I just have a go? And I'm like, yeah, but if you fuck it up, it's your fault, not mine. You're still paying me. But I think that that's an option, but you'll have to find a tattooist yeah. who's willing to do that. The you only know? thing with that... That's yeah. That's what I'd say. The only thing with that is like, like, I, like I wouldn't let I, my clients. I won't let do every it. client do it. But if I've been tattooing somebody for five or six years, and some of my clients I've been tattooing for nearly a decade now, you know, I've they, they've become people that I go out for drinks with. You know what I mean? And so I know they're not idiots that are suddenly just going to start going. Oh, I'll have a go at this bit now and just start going everywhere. You know what I mean? So unless you sell it as a tattoo experience, pay me a thousand pound and you can come in and ta <laughs> tattoo experience. You know, somebody already does that somewhere, right? Oh, probably there's plenty of fucking empties out there. Uh, well, it will be a couple of weeks by the time you're watching this. Um, th this was a comment. I hadn't thought about this. You might know a bit more about this than me, Chris, because I'm not super up on the the, uh, the gear, mainly because I don't get to try out any new gear because no fucker ever sends me any. Um, uh, boo <laughs> you know, so I, I, you know, I can only use the gear that I buy. Boo-hoo. Where? Uh, so Eric Craw said... Always, uh, this is on a conversation that we had about inks, how to find the right ink for you. Always love, the always love the conversations you guys go about. Surprised you didn't bring up the amount of water base used in the pigment. It's the first thing the body removes, so it can definitely cause colours or grey washes to heal crazy lights. As in thinning pigments with just water can cause it to heal lighter than wanted. So what he's saying is, um, I guess that some inks have got a lot more water in them or a, a different type of water and less glycerin or alcohol. Is that what's going on? Yeah. So you, your water is the, water and alcohol is the carrier fluid. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily about the, the amount of water in there. It's how much pigment's in there, the pigment load, how finely it's, it's ground down. Yes. If you've got, no, because obviously you've got your base pigments, but I thought it would be common knowledge for tattooists to know that if you water down your black ink, it's going to be more diluted. You, all you're doing is you're diluting the, the, the amount of pigment that is in there. That's like when you make a grey wash with your ink caps, you just put a couple of drops of black in and put some water in. But like, it's not like... Every ink has water in it. Every ink has glycerin in it. The gly well, all the glycerin does is the glycerin thickens it up. And there you go. Depending on how thick you want the consistency. That's why we didn't talk about it, because uh, it's not maybe necessary. They've all got water in them. So, you know, it's all to do with how much pigment's in them. 
And as we said in the episodes, sometimes you can have too much pigment and you can end up with all that pigment settling at the bottom of the, of the, of the bottles. Stick with a reputable brand. I think, to be uh, honest is, with you, you know, right? For my money, eternal, but that's a completely different thing because they actually do for send me stuff. Well, that's because of me, so... <laughs> It depends what the binder is as well. So some pig, I think the pigments, right, that you might find here lighter are the ones that have got or haven't got a binder in there. So obviously you've right. got your pigment that is held in this solution with water, alcohol, glycerin, and all the other ingredients that they don't put on the labels, apart from the rich brands. Um, but there's a binder in there that stops it from separating. Right. Companies like, say, for example, if you look at so a lot of the radiant colours where the pigment separates, like what Paul is on, but the pigment separates and just sinks to the bottom. With that, it's going to be a case of the pigment itself is not mixed up well enough with the fluid that's in there in order to transport it into the body, to carry a fluid. So, yeah, you know, you are right. The more water is in an ink or the water ratio from pigment to uh, you know, pigment to water is the, the, the more water, the lighter it's going to be. But that's more a case of when you are watering down a black. Do you mean the black's going to be black regardless? So, yeah, if it separates and it's not mixed properly, you're going to get it lighter because if you don't mix the bottle properly, you know, you might say if you've got like this much, say if your bottle's like this big and then that much is the pigment at the bottom and then the rest is carrier fluid. Then if you shake it up, but only like that much, so like this much of the, the, the pigment mixes with the water and the rest is at the bottom, you're going to have a thinner ink, which is going to be a watered down pigment, which is going to heal lighter. But I think it's, which, which then goes back to what I was saying, it's all about pigment load, how much pigment is in there, not how much water yeah. is in there. And how much of that pigment when you shake the bottle actually ends up in back in with the water and not sitting in the bottom. That's the big, uh, that's the big problem. This week, um, we're chatting about dealing with customers and clients. Ooh, yeah. Um, this has come up for me and a friend of mine uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. We ended up having a conversation about it, and I thought it would be interesting because the contents of that conversation, you know, they were asked, the, the, the friend of mine was asking me for some insight into how I felt about things because we do things slightly differently um, and what I thought about it. And I think some of the things that I said to him, I thought actually this would be quite a good, um, because certainly my insight into it changed the way he was thinking about it, right? So um, I'll, I'll give you two examples and then we'll, we'll talk through it of, um, of what's kind of got me um, thinking about this dealing with clients. Because I know a lot of you guys are new to tattooing and you're getting into it, and you know when you're sitting at home practicing before any of this becomes a thing, it all it all seems fantastic. But one of the the um, the problems that you will run into is you're dealing with the public and people, and people come in all different shapes and sizes and you know attitudes. Um, and one of the things you find very quickly, quite a lot of the time, is that we're held to a standard that our clients don't hold themselves to. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time trying to treat our clients well, be fair, you know, do business well. But then when it comes to how the clients behave, they they behave, not all of them, you know, let me make that very clear. It is always a small percentage of people, just like it is in the retail world and any other world where you deal with people. There is a small percentage of people that just behave like absolute fucking dicks. Yeah, and you get that. that it's, 
it's incredibly frustrating and upsetting in some instances because they can be real nuisances when they want to be. Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples of that later on of, of, of quite how vicious and brutal some, some clients do get with, uh, with tattoo artists for no reason, really. Um, so this is the, the first example. So a friend of mine recently had a client filling a form and had, they had a medical condition that they did not declare that was mentioned on the form for them to say, look, if you're, if you're suffering from this or doing this, I don't want to tattoo you. They booked in. They knew they had the condition at the time of booking. Booked in. Mentioned it at the first instance when the stencil was on and the, and the tattoo artist was about to start working. Went, oh, by the way, I'm this. Right? Because I'm not going to go into this, the specifics of this. Um, at which point... My friend said, well, look, I'm not comfortable tattooing you. That's why it's on the form. So I'm not going to do the tattoo. At which point the client understood, realised their mistake in the moment in the shop, went away, and then later started sending all kinds of abusive messages about how they'd felt marginalised because of their condition and they'd been omitted from things and they were fine with it and they would, could give consent and they didn't see what the big problem was and all this sort of stuff. And not having any consideration for whether the tattooist themselves, my mate, the tattooist, whether he felt comfortable doing the actual job. That's why it's on his form, right? Then they demanded their full deposit back and couldn't understand why they weren't allowed to have their entire deposit um, and so they've ended up having to come to an agreement where they got 50% of their deposit back, at which point I said, I think you shouldn't have given any of the no. deposit back, right? Because the, the client clearly didn't divulge something that was, um, it was clearly stated on the form. There was some argument about whether there was a checkbox to tick it or not tick it. And that was what they were trying to get out of it on a technicality, the way it was worded, right? But to me, it's like, it's on a health form. It's enough of a red flag. You should have at yeah. least mentioned it at the point of booking, right? So, uh, but while I was talking to my mate, he was saying that his big thing that he was worried about was what all the other tattooists were going to say about him. If this client then did, you know, what a lot of clients would appear to be doing now when they don't get what they want. Not always when they get a bad service, they just don't get what they want. They yeah. immediately jump onto social media, go and give you a terrible Google review, you know, put it all over, you know, Instagram and TikTok and, you know, and flame you all over the internet and, and attempt to ruin your career. Um, and then, you know, we know what the tattoo industry is like. It's very reactionary. And then everybody without the full amount of information jumps in and starts making memes and taking a fucking piss and, yeah. you know, and all that. And it was a huge, it was a huge stress for him. You know, this idea that I'm going to get dragged through the mud for this thing that was not my fault. I'm not going to be able to defend myself. What do I do? What do I do? So what do you think of that? Uh, so, okay, so so first of all, I think, you know, obviously having clarity with your clients, first and foremost, is, is, is key. Now, what could have avoided part of that scenario was rather than saying, I don't feel comfortable doing that, you need to be more, cl more clear with what you're doing. So, yeah. so obviously the... 
the medical condition is not a medical condition. We don't want to divulge it, but it's not uh, a disability and it's not a permanent medical condition. No. All it is, they have no. something going on with them that means if they get tattooed, they put themselves at risk. And once they're over that issue, they can get tattooed again. So say, for example, if you are somebody that has um, HIV, then... You can't refuse. Well, no, I'm thinking, imagine you've got high blood pressure and you're, you're no, I'm thinking it's a no, better no, example. Me, imagine, because you can't get rid of yeah, HIV. Yeah, yeah. You, you, like, but you can get rid of high blood pressure. No, 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 I, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'll get to. Okay. Let me, let me finish. I'll get to, I uh, know. Let me finish. So using HIV as a first example, right? Somebody can come into me or, or to you and say, I have got HIV. Um. The only reason why you could refuse to tackle them from a legal standpoint, from what I've been told by medical professionals, is um, the only way you can refuse to tackle them is if they are not 100% up to date with all their medication. Because if they're yeah. not up to date with all their medication, then they are at risk of getting an infection because it's an autoimmune dis disease. So in situations like that, what I have been advised to ask my clients is, can you go and get a letter from your doctor to show that you are up to date with all your medication. Do you get me? Yeah. If it's something like high blood pressure, you need to keep, you know, again, if you don't feel comfortable tattooing somebody with high blood pressure, then you get them to go to the doctors and ask the doctor if it is okay to get tattooed. That covers your back and it will also cover you in case something insurance purposes and so on. Other medical conditions that are more of a, a temporary thing is, okay, so like say, for example, if you've got somebody coming in and they've got a cut on their arm and they want to get a tattoo, you shouldn't tattoo them because they've got an open wound already. And the problem that you've got there is where they've already got an open wound, that could introduce bacteria. And then you've done a tattoo, yeah. that could spread the, the, the cut they've already got could spread and cause an infection in the tattoo. You get the blame Which for that. Which is why... I ask all my clients not to pre-shave because yeah. some people think they're helping you out. And I say, please don't do that because I'll do it when you get here. It doesn't matter. No, you're not helping me out. You're potentially making it so that you can't get a tattoo if you nick yourself and things like that. You know, you've got to be like, let me do it. I'll deal with it myself. Yeah. So but, but in this instance, it is more a case of like not saying I'm not comfortable tattooing you because of the condition that you currently have, which is a temporary condition, and it is a condition that you have through your choice, um, you say, I cannot tattoo you because it will put you at risk. And I think that's where you need to have that clarity with the people. Now, as for fucking people putting shit on social media... But you know, you're saying that, though. Like, what I want to point out there is, do you not think that if we're expected to have that level of clarity, do you not think we should expect it from our clients that if it's mentioned on a health form, you would at least mention it at the point of booking? Shouldn't the clients have as much clarity with if, us? If it's mentioned, no, yeah, legally they have to. It's a, it's a form. It, it, you know, you, it's it's a contract essentially. They are signing a form that says that I haven't got any of these medical conditions. You know, yes, they you know clients should have. Like I always double check. See, I'll get them to fill the form in. And I say, do you have any allergies or other medical conditions yeah. that you haven't mentioned on the that you haven't put on the phone? Yeah. And then just to cover your back, do you know what I mean? And if they do turn around and say, Oh, yeah. actually, I have got this, that's where you can turn around and you have every right to turn around to that person and say, This, 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 this. Maybe in future, yeah. for future bookings, you put in the terms and conditions that you send out or on your website and you say to them, if failure to disclose any uh, medical conditions on the form 
will result in you losing your deposit and the appointment being cancelled yeah. if found out a little date, Well, that's what he's done now. He's, he's gone and updated his form to make it extremely clear yeah. because even though I didn't think the wording was at all vague, it was like, well, you know, okay, I'm just going to make it extremely clear. And then he's got a disclaimer like that, failure to mention anything that you mentioned on the day of your appointment may result in you not getting tattooed and not getting your deposit back. I wouldn't even say may, I would say will. You got like the problem you've got. Well, no, because somebody could come in and go, I haven't disclosed my ingrowing toenail. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We don't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Because, because the clients that are good, they, they're really good at that stuff and they get really worried about that. And, you know, they, they really behave themselves. Mm. But I think in this instance, you know, it was, I don't think the tattooist did anything wrong. No. Um, and I don't think that they should have returned even 50% of the deposit. Um, and the, the point that I made to them is this, you know, because he was getting really fucking bent out of shape, worrying about what the other tattooists were going to say and worrying about getting a bad Google review on his shop's page and, you know, bad reviews where he's, you know, he's tagged in pictures on the internet and, and like really worried about that whole social media thing. So this was the point that I made was if I said to him, if you live in fear of what other people will say to you or give you a bad review or say bad things about you on the internet, you are basically giving all the power of your business to your clients. They will run your business for you, not you, because you will then become a slave to whatever demands they make. Like whatever they want and however they want it, you'll have to do it because you're so afraid that the other tattooists are going to say mean things about you or that you're going to get a one-star review on some social media or, you know, review thing or something. You will have no autonomy in your life. All the power will be taken away from you. And all of the work that you did to get out of, you know, a, a bullshit day to, you know, nine to five job to be, to get your own life where you can make your own artwork and be the master of your own destiny, you're giving it away. Just like that, because you're too afraid to go, fucking go on then, just re give me a bad review then. And that's really what you need to do. Like, don't give the people the power because 99% of your clients, certainly in our experience of this, are going to be fucking golden. Oh, yeah, they will. And, and that 1% of people are, are just dicks in every area of their life and you can't pander to them because you will become a slave to them and you will give them all the power over your, over your job, this thing that you've spent all this time building. Yeah you're just going to have it robbed from you for your own fear. So you have to be able to let it be water off a duck's back. Now, I know I interject a that second. that's more difficult. Yeah, of course you can. So the other thing I would say to that is in the current world that we're in where people are doing all these fucking Google reviews and that, um, you just got to use it against them as well. It's like if somebody's going to go on and do a, like, and we'll use this fucking comment from the other week as an example. Somebody came onto our our channel. They posted a comment which tried to make us look like a bunch of, tried to make me look like a bit of a, and they uh, they put it all out of context. Now just just fight fire with fire in situations like that. Write on there the truth. Say this person did this 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 this, and I said no, and now they are doing this. Yeah, because that's happening more and more with businesses because. And it goes back to the entitledness of people. People think, right, that, like, and I hate the phrase, the customer's always right. The customer's not always right. I used to say to this when I worked in T-Mobile, when I worked in a call centre for T-Mobile, and people phone up and be like, querying a bill, and I'd be like, oh, what happened to the customer's always right? And I'm like, well, with all due respect, when I've got a phone bill in front of me that tells me that you're wrong, the customer is not always right. 
So if you are in a situation where someone does do that to you, fuck them. Go on Google, reply to their review, and make them look fucking stupid. The other side of it as well, and this is what people... And do you know what they'll do then? Do you know what they'll do then? Immediately just delete their comment. Comment. They'll do a dirty delete on you. But you screenshot it, screenshot it. And the other side of it then is like, it's like... I don't know what the laws are all over the world, right? But, like, let's just say Tattoo Gate happened to Paul, right? Paul is the mastermind behind Tattoo Gate. And everybody made all these memes attacking Paul's integrity, attacking Paul's character. Paul's had to come offline and everything. But what Paul has done is he's screenshot every single one of those things. Now, he could then potentially come to sue every single person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you've affected his business. So when people, before people go online and rant about people, just remember one thing: like you putting it in a public domain and you're attacking somebody, you could be prosecuted for was it libelous? Is that the right one? Yeah, yeah libel, slander, slander defamation. Yeah. You know, if you, See, I think the the thing for me is because I the reason I come at this slightly differently. One of it is experience, and the other one is a Prince quote. So. Uh, I'll tell you the Prince quote that changed it for me. I, um, I read this quote by Prince where he went, someone else's opinion of me is none of my business, right? And I live by that, right? Um, the other thing is, because of the style of artwork that I did or do, and when I started, um, you know, I was one of maybe half a dozen graphic tattooists in the world. Um, and obviously this being a new style and tattooing being what it is, there was nothing but criticism for probably the 10 years or more, you know what I mean? Every time I'd post something online, there'd be some traditional old school tattooer or somebody who was pretending to be a traditional old school tattooer would just, you know, want to jump in and be, I'm not being funny, but that just looks shit, doesn't it? And you're just like, what's the fucking point? But I, what I'm saying is I've had a decade of getting used to being criticised every single time I post something online. So now I've got to the point where I do not fucking care it's as as simple as that but there's a difference between right there's a big difference between someone criticizing you and then somebody maliciously posting something online that attacks your character in a way that they're trying to affect your business sometimes you've got to stand your fucking ground and you've got to tell them fucking that would be my advice is is like understand that you're in charge it's your business and that you've done the work to build it you know you've given up evenings and weekends and all the sacrifices that we all make and you can't give that power to people. You know, the idea that there's some kind of Inca Illuminati or Masons type organisation of tattooists who vote people in and out is, uh, in my experience, nonsense. It's just, you know, there's a load of people online just who just like to have a bit of banter and muck about at your expense and you can just ignore it for what it is. You know, it's just let it be water off a duck's back. I know that's a lot harder to do than it is to say. But um, just remember what Prince said, you know, somebody else's opinion of me is none of my business. And someone's opinion of you should be none of your business. Um, And you should just get on with running your business the way it works for you. You know what I mean? Give customer service, but understand customer service stops at a point and that you've got to be in control of your mental health and your business. And it's very important not to give that power to other people when you're dealing with clients in the name of customer service. Obviously, coming from... Prior to being a tattooist, I, I did work in customer services um, and I did do a, 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 a I done it because 
they said if you were to do an NVQ in customer services, it gives you like a few hours a day, like a couple of days a week where you don't actually have to do your job. I was like, fuck it, I'll do that. It's like skiving. But um, great, yeah. But I definitely felt having a customer service background has helped me dealing with clients. So I, I think you know maybe if you are new to tattooing, or even if you're a seasoned tattooist and you want to brush up on your skills, again going back to CPD, yeah, you know, yeah. Continual pressure, professional Absolutely. development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely think it's something to look at. Like maybe, yeah. Just I mean, do my experience bit. in that um, comes from dealing with uh, graphic design clients and how difficult yeah. they can be. Because you know, graphic design clients can be absolutely fucking brutal. So you know, I've learned my thick skinsness from. People that will but just rubbish your artwork in front of you. You know, <clears throat> no, when you're a graphic designer, though, you, you go there and you've got your beautiful visual presented, you put yeah. it in front of them and they go, nah, it's shit. And then, and that's it. And they just start ripping you to shreds while you're standing there. You know what I mean? I, I so think that's a different skinned. topic altogether, like being thick skinned and being able to take criticism. What I mean is like knowing how to deal with clients, knowing how to build a rapport. You know, if you, maybe if a lot of these new artists or junior artists, whoever the fuck you want to call them, uh, maybe if they had a little bit of training in customer service or if they had some real world job experience, because some of them have gone straight from like college into tattooing, some haven't. But I think if they've got like experience in customer service and how to deal with people, they wouldn't be posting, how do I fire my clients on a fucking tattoo forum? But also, um, they need to understand, as well as offering the service, at what point does the customer service stop when the customer's asking for too much and threatening you with Google reviews and... I'm going to make a TikTok video. You're going to be another tattoo gate next month. You're going to be all over it. The tattooists are going to rip you to pieces. That's the bit I want to get across so, to you. Don't yeah, live in fear so, of that. You know what I mean? No, you don't live in fear of that. But I think what one thing I would say is like having that experience doing customer service has allowed me a... It's given me a skill where I feel I can diffuse certain scenarios... So where you've got like that, you have that like classic, like thick skin tattooist, like fuck you mentality. You've also got, you've also got the, the knowledge and that extra skill where you, you may be able to diffuse the situation before it does get to the go fuck yourself. Like, do you mean? So with that guys, I hope that this has been um, at, at the very least food for thought. I hope that uh, you, you feel a little bit less alone if, you, if you've if you got uh, troublesome clients. And I can tell you that all of us other tattooists uh, feel your pain. We all have them. 99% of your clients are going to be absolutely great. You've got to be a little bit tougher with them, a little bit more thick skinned, maybe learn a little bit about customer service. Be clear. Yeah, be clear with your communications, but also prioritise your mental health and your business first. How you do business is up to you. You know what I mean? You don't have to do it the way everybody else does it if you don't want to. And, you you know, you certainly don't want to give the power away to people that are just going to threaten you with criticism if you don't do as you're told, because that's slavery. That's not yeah. being the master of your own destiny. And so with that, this has been That Tattoo Show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've been Paul. And I have been Chris. And tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest. Tell them fucking people to stop leaving shitty fucking reviews on Google just because they got something wrong and they didn't get what they want, you whiny bastards. And with that, <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next week, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe and comment, and we'll see you in a week's time. Tra. <laughs> Tra. Tra.